today on Follow Friday, we're going to talk about Bridezilla's musical theater, charismatic nerds, colorblindness, Lady Gaga, Salieri, and what you should be doing with your money. Hint, it is not investing in meme stocks. That's in a minute with Max Miller from Tasting History. But first, I want to thank John and Justin from Transistor.fm for backing Follow Friday on Patreon. Transistor is an independent podcast hosting company with a simple, modern interface for uploading audio, distributing your podcast, and viewing analytics. You can make as many podcasts on Transistor as you want for no extra cost, and you can invite additional users to access the show settings, upload episodes, view analytics, and more. Check them out at Transistor.fm. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Hey. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet of folks you should know. Hey. So let's have a swirl. Well, that's enough for a place. So now, right away, with no further delay. It's not a Friday. It's not a Friday. It's not a Friday. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, a podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. You can get bonus episodes every week for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash follow Friday. Today on the show is Max Miller, the host of the YouTube series Tasting History. On every episode, he recreates a historic dish, such as Korean flour pancakes, Aztec chocolate, or Parmesan cheese ice cream. He also explains the history and culture behind each of these recipes. Here's a clip from a recent episode. So it seems kind of weird, cheese in ice cream. Or rather, it seems like a flavor that would be made in some hoity-toity New York restaurant, like wasabi ice cream or garlic ice cream, both of which I have tried. But in the 18th century, they were more adventurous with flavors than Ben, Jerry, Baskin, and Robbins combined. And many of the weird flavors, of which we will speak, come from the Complete Confectioner by the Englishman Frederick Nutt, written in 1789. And that's where we get today's recipe. Number 150, Parmesan Cheese Ice Cream. Take six eggs, half a pint of syrup, and a pint of cream. Put them into a stew pan and boil them until it begins to thicken. Then rasp three ounces of Parmesan cheese, mix and pass them through a sieve, and freeze it. You can find Max on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Patreon, and Reddit at Tasting History. He's also on Instagram and Facebook at Tasting History with Max Miller. Max, welcome to Follow Friday. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. I'm so excited to meet you. So I've been a big fan of the, the channel. You started, what, just about a year ago, right? Yeah, it's probably about a year and a half almost. My first episode, I think, was February of 2020, just before the pandemic. I'm glad that someone had a good 2020. <laughs> I love the videos you make. I mean, frequently you're covering such like unexpected things. Like I mentioned, the Parmesan cheese ice cream, things like that. Yeah. So I want to know, before we talk about your follows, how do you find the foods that you're going to recreate? Are you just like pouring through history books looking for discussions of food or what's your process like? Yeah, um, you know, it really varies from week to week. Sometimes, most of the time, I go through my vast collection of historic cookbooks. Uh, the cool thing about the internet too, is that so much of it has been put online. You know, things that were written during the Middle Ages and the Renaissance and ancient Rome are now online and you could just go find them. So 
I pour over things and find these recipes, but sometimes it's a little more convoluted because it's not an actual recipe like the the Aztec chocolate. It's just we only have mentions of how they they made this uh, from from some of the Spanish missionaries and stuff. So that always takes a lot more work, but also it's kind of fun because I get to play detective, you know, you get to improvise a little bit and kind of kind of figure out what might this have been. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) right. I mean, honestly, though, with historic recipes, it's all improvisation because no historic recipe is what we would consider a proper (laughs) recipe today. (laughs) All right. Well, let's find out who Max Miller follows online. You can follow along with us today. Every person he recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. It's Final Friday. So, Max, before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in these categories. Your first pick is in the category, Someone Who Makes You Laugh, and you said Charlotte Dobre, or Dobre? Dobre, yeah. Dobre. She's an actor, a singer, a comedian, and she's on YouTube at Charlotte Dobre. Charlotte is spelled with two T's, and Dobre is spelled D-O-B-R-E. So a lot of Charlotte's videos have her reacting to funny social media posts and comments. But talk about how did you first discover her channel and why does she make you laugh? I honestly, so I was, it was really recent. It was maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I was uh, down at a writer's retreat with some friends. And after I had been done writing all day, my mind was just fried. And so I kind of went onto YouTube and this thing popped up making fun of, or commenting rather on uh, bridezillas. And that's like, okay, this is, this is check out, you know, my brain can be checked out kind of stuff, <laughs> content. And I ended up watching four hours of her videos <laughs> in one sitting. Oh my gosh. Before finally my, my friends came back to the house and were like, what are you doing? <laughs> and now, I, I mean, I think, she she puts out stuff at such a rapid pace because like, like, like you said she's commenting yeah she's commenting on other stuff so it, it can be done fairly rapidly yeah. uh, which is you know great for her but uh, I I I've watched a lot of her stuff one I really like her style she's she's funny and and just really lighthearted and stuff but also there's a little Schadenfreude to a lot of the stuff that she puts out where it's you know cringe worthy stuff and so her commentary on it is. It's just fun. Nothing says classy like asking strangers to Venmo you money because you're getting married. Why not, right? (laughs) Why not? Buy me a drink. You've never seen me or spoken to me. I'd probably cut you off on the highway, but buy me a drink. Why not? See, this is the thing with entitled people. I think that they've learned that if you just ask and you pressure people to do it, they might just do it. But some of us have too much pride to ask people to do everything for us. <laughs> I don't know how she finds all the stuff she's commenting on. I assume some mixture of just meme accounts and Reddit and who knows what. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I at first I was like, oh, OK, she, you know, went on to, yeah, Reddit or whatever. But she puts out so much. I'm like, where are you finding all this? I'm guessing people also send her stuff. Yeah, it's such a big, it's, it's already a pretty established popular channel. So people are just finding like funny things, screenshots to send her, yeah. things like that. But yeah, so she she's has a very big kind of theatrical personality. I think you 
probably have to be if you're going to be a YouTube reactor, professional reactor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, if I'm not mistaken, you you have a sort of theater background yourself, right? Where didn't you used to be an actor in some sort of a Disney production or something like that? Yeah, well, I think that's also why I uh, why I like her. So yeah, I, I did work for for Disney Cruise Line for a while, but I was also in New York for years doing musical theater. Really? Yeah, uh, you know, and touring and working in the city. Oh wow! Doing theater and everyone in musical theater, you know, pretty much everyone has a pretty big personality. So that's kind of what I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, so so I'm like, oh, this would be somebody that I would hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, have you ever tried to make any sort of React type video yourself? No. No, it's, I mean, that's not really what tasting history is about. Right. And um, I feel like it would be an interesting muscle to exercise, though, especially since you do have a performing background and a video background, yeah, you know, it, it, it seems like a very specific, a very like, I don't know if you've watched there's a Netflix show, Never Have I Ever. It's like a high school comedy. Mm-mm. And one of the characters is kind of a burnout who aspires to be a guy on YouTube who reacts to other people's reaction videos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a whole genre of a video now, oh, you yeah. know, it's a specialized skill. Yeah, no, it is, especially to make it interesting, because I watch some reaction videos where it's like, well, you're just telling me what I just watched. That's not a reaction. That's a, you know, condensing of information, even though I just had to watch the full piece of information right. <laughs> as well. So, yeah. So how often are you watching uh, Charlotte's videos? Are you kind of like binging these in four hour chunks or when, when, are you, when are you like what's the right time and place I guess for these videos for you okay so except for that vacation I have not had a four hour chunk of time <laughs> in since I started the channel yeah. so no uh, the only time really that I watch YouTube videos is when I'm getting ready in the morning like brushing my teeth and stuff like that or at the gym and that's about the only time that I have yeah. available. So <laughs> those are usually when I watch them. And what's what's funny, because at the gym, you know, I have her on, but my phone is in my pocket and sometimes, I'll, but she'll comment on something, but you have to see it. So then I have to like pull out my phone and try to look at what she's talking about before it's off screen. <laughs> right. It's a whole thing. All right. Well, that was Charlotte Dobre. She's on YouTube at Charlotte D-O-B-R-E. It's Final Friday. Let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone you'd like to be friends with in real life and you said, Vsauce, which is a long-running group of channels on YouTube run by Michael Stevens, Kevin Lieber, and Jake Roper. So explain the sort of topics that, for people who don't know, that Vsauce, that their channels cover. Um, And is there, like, I guess a specific type of Vsauce video that most resonates with you that you really are drawn to? Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, they're... So they are now multiple channels, but the original... Vsauce, that's who I think of as Vsauce. Like, that's his name to me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, His stuff, I mean, I started watching him so early on that he wasn't even doing what he he ended up becoming. But now he takes, like, either... it, It can be science or history or psychology... And, and kind of does a little bit of a, a deep dive explanation of some aspect of that. And it's always kind of weird and interesting stuff. And he just does a really good job at explaining it. But he is, you know, he's very high energy and interesting. But he also seems like he is that perfect kind of dorky where he obviously has a passion for it, but he's not like... He's not awkward mm-hmm. dorky, you know, like I have a lot of awkward dorky friends too, and I love them, but, but he, he's that, it's like, oh, you have that nerdy side to you, but boy, you should probably 
can hold a conversation really well and be great to hang out with. So he just seems like, you know, and that's the thing with YouTube is that you end up becoming friends with the person that you're watching, even though they don't have yeah. a clue who you are. And, you know, sometimes I'll get emails or, or messages and stuff where it's very comfortable the way that they're talking to me. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. They, they feel like they know you. know yeah. about that part of your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's cool, you know, as long as as long as kept PG rated, which sometimes it's not, uh, then, it, then it's totally cool. But it you do become friends you feel like you're friends with these people because you spend so much time with them. And so then there is that like desire to, to turn that into a real world friendship someday (laughs) and be like, ah, let's go, let's go hang out. As your friend, I just want to say, I think you have way too many Pokemon stuffed animals. No. (laughs) (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) Just kidding. Of course not. They're mostly belong to my fiance. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's, that's one of, that's one of the things I I realized pretty quickly early on following your channel is like, oh, wow, that's like a a very strong commitment to, to the theme of the video is there's always a Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and you, you've seen a sliver of what is, of what there is. There are so many in this house. But yeah, to, to your, what you're saying about uh, the type of videos that Michael Stevens makes on the main channel, Vsauce One, it kind of makes me think that he, this could just be like a YouTube persona thing, but he strikes me as the sort of person who would be like the the uncle who would not get tired of answering a lot of questions from a little kid, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So like some of his most popular videos are, what if everyone jumped at once? Or is your red the same as my red? Why are things creepy? You know, so so there's like these really provocative questions and sometimes questions that like may seem basic or that you wouldn't question. You, you wouldn't ask the question in the first place. You might be embarrassed to ask. And he's just like enthusiastically giving you an answer. Yeah. Insatiable curiosity. That is what he has. And that and I have that, too. And I've. I've kind of always thought, well, everyone has that, but everyone does not have that. Most people are perfectly content not knowing um, because it's exhausting (laughs) being curious. (laughs) Do you have a favorite video of his or, or a specific one that you remember that's like, I don't know, a good iconic starting place for new followers? So is my red the same as your red? That that's one. That's a great place to start. And two, it is one of those videos that, that I still often think about because I'm colorblind. Mm. I have red, green color blindness, but then I also have trouble with yellow and blue and purple <laughs> and brown. So, so seeing somebody talk, kind of talk about that and how it can be different, even for people who aren't colorblind, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, now you know how it feels. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's a very good video. Have you ever uh, gone into the other, you said you mainly think of Vsauce as, as Michael, but have, have you ever gone into the other Vsauce channels? Any, anything from there that you remember seeing and liking? I have, though off the top of my head, I don't remember any specific videos it, because because often like I'll end up watching Vsauce and then end up on Vsauce 3 right, or whatever. So I don't even, and I'm not sure like, when did I switch over? Um, I find that on those, there's a lot more practical. I've seen some really interesting, like practical experimentation. Like there was one, I can't remember. He was, he was wondering like how much weight he lost from sleeping, like during sleeping and stuff. But he was staying at a hotel during that. So he ended up having to, like he couldn't drink or eat anything. It was just from, because you lose weight when you, you breathe, exhale, yeah. that's how, that's how you, and it was like, he was talking, he was trying to do this 
experiment at a hotel <laughs> and the only uh what is it that measures your weight scale yeah, the yeah. only scale was a luggage scale that they had in the basement <laughs> and so he asked the permission to use this luggage scale it was funny um and i think that that was on one of the other channels but on, i'm honestly not sure yeah now i was just looking a little bit at, at the other channels at vsauce 3 and there's a series that i can totally see myself getting obsessed with i don't currently follow any of these three channels but i was looking at vsauce 3 they have a series called Can You Survive the Movies, which is that is right down the center of the stuff that I'm going to get obsessed with, where it's it's yeah. it's like mixing science with like what happens in Jurassic Park, what happens in Top Gun, you know, right. like can can you survive yeah. this? So <laughs> Well that's the thing with being curious is there is no end you could there could be a Vsauce 20 yep. that covers like this specific genre or whatever it's there's no end to it well that was Vsauce which is a collection of three channels maybe 20 in the future on YouTube Vsauce 1 <laughs> Vsauce 2 and Vsauce 3 we're gonna take a quick break now but we'll be back in a minute with Max Miller from Tasting History It is time to give a shout out to the patron of the week, Amy, who just started supporting us at patreon.com slash follow Friday. When she did, she got exclusive bonus follow recommendations from our recent guests. And in a few days, she's going to get a bonus recommendation from Max Miller as well. And let me tell you, it is one of the weirdest, silliest accounts we've ever talked about on the show. Stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear a preview of that mini-sode. But in the meantime, you should be like Amy and all of our other amazing patrons. Go to patreon.com slash follow Friday and back us there, whatever level you want, starting at just $1 a month. That's patreon.com slash follow Friday. Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Max, I asked you to give me someone who's an expert in a very specific niche that you love. And you said the YouTube channel Early Music Sources, which is hosted by, I'm probably going to get his name wrong, Elam Rotem. This is a great pick. I had never heard of this channel, but I can immediately see how someone could become obsessed with it. Like you were saying, infinite curiosity. Explain what you like about Early Music Sources. My background is in music. And specifically, early music. I love Renaissance, medieval, and early Baroque music, kind of going up to like 1750. And especially before Bach, really especially before Monteverdi and Palestrina, but b before Bach, music was different. It's really, it really has not changed. Music has not changed much since 1750 from a structural perspective. Obviously, Lady Gaga and Salieri, very different sounding, <laughs> but structurally they are the same. Whereas before Bach kind of standardized this, and, and it, some people say that it was Bach, but it's that time period. Before this became standardized, it was a lot more fluid and really was different from, from location to location and time period to time period, just as we can immediately identify why a Japanese piece of music is very different from a Western piece of music because they use a different scale. That kind of difference was all happening before the, the mid 1700s. And he talks a lot about that and deep dives into some of these very specific composers and pieces of music to 
talk about the form and what was going on historically that happened with the music of the time and, and how it affects then our music later on. Um, and, and I say our music today, but very often I'm talking about our music today being 19th century classical right. music, <laughs> uh, which is modern music to me. <laughs> it's, it's just fascinating. But it is like you you already kind of have to know about music because he doesn't he doesn't dumb I don't want to say he doesn't dumb it down. He doesn't explain some of the fundamentals. So if you've had a couple years of music theory, you're going to enjoy this a lot more, I find. Though he does do a good job of of explain like anyone could watch right. it and enjoy it. But if you have a music theory background, you'll enjoy it a lot more. But yeah, he's not playing like the YouTube algorithm game where he's going with the most appealing, you know, titles. He, the, I wrote down some of his titles here. The Rule of the Octave, or The Art of Diminution in the 16th Century. It, it sounds very academic, even though his videos, I watched a little bit of them and I tried to understand as much as I could. He's a very good communicator, very clear, you know, um, very good animation, good editing. He, he's doing all the high production stuff that that all the best YouTube folks do but he he's he's talking about a, a very as you as you say a very niche um you know specific area here the, th- the thing that you mentioned about the fact that music basically as we know it in the west stopped evolving at a certain point or or evolved into its current form you know in the 1760s do, do you do you know either from his videos or from your own education in music from the past like why did it stop at that point like what, what what was the you know what what was the thing that 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 made it change or made it stick there i guess i don't entirely know um i mean i would think that it would have something to do with the codifying 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 music theory hmm. at that time kind of post bach every composer was taught the same music theory oh. and was taught this is how you write music and then what makes those composers special is when they break those rules. But they know the rules. Huh. There, there were specific rules to be broken. And there, there still are. And you'll, you'll hear the same rule that applied in 1760 applies today. When you hear a certain cadence, which is kind of going from one chord to another, some will create kind of an agitation in you and you don't know why. Right. But it's there, and it was there then. Or something is more satisfying and sounds like it should be the end of something. And it's because they made it that way. It's not because we as humans all hear it that way because other time periods and other cultures did not hear it always that way. So it's because of those rules that we hear things the way that we do. You know, now we think of minor as minor keys kind of as being spooky and scary or foreboding. But before that kind of shift, that minor was thought of as grand and kind of kind of that pomp and that died away, that that changed. So it's it's just interesting to see that fairly quickly in, in a matter of a century for things to really solidify and not change. Obvi- like I said, obviously, music today is very, very different. It has evolved or devolved. Uh, but, 
no offense to Lady Gaga, but <laughs> right. no, 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 definitely not. I love, love me some Gaga, but um, but it has. It, there are certain rules that have not changed. So as I mentioned, uh, LM's videos are very well edited. Lots of text and animation and things like that. Um, but his his release schedule is kind of the opposite of Charlotte's, where he he's releasing sometimes taking several month breaks. And you're in the middle. You're you're putting out video at least one video every week. Is that right? Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. So, like, when when you're making your videos, like, how do you decide where to focus your time? I mean, you mentioned earlier that you've been very busy basically since the channel launched. How, how do you decide where, where to spend your time when, you're, when you've got a release schedule like that? Typically, and I've gotten better at it, knowing how long a video is going to take me to put together. Because the editing tends to take the same amount of time. You know, all my videos are roughly the same length. Some are a little bit longer. Uh, They go up to about 19 minutes. The shortest ones now are like 14 minutes. But editing takes about the same. Cooking and and actually filming, I just allot an entire day for that. You know, whether whether it takes two hours to cook or seven hours to cook, it's all one in one day. So really, what makes the difference is how long does it take me to do the research? Yeah. And that can be 10 hours or 40 hours. Well, if I'm spending 40 hours just researching each video, I'm not putting out a video every right. week. <laughs> so I've started to kind of like, I'll plan an entire month of videos and be like, okay, this one, I know enough about this dish. I know what history I want to cover. I can bang this out in six hours of research. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I'm working on today, I know zero about. And so it's a little bit more of a slog. However, I actually enjoy making those, not during the process always, but kind of near the end while I'm writing the episode, I have enjoyed that more because I've learned so much. And that's that's what I like doing. There's nothing more that I love than learning. And that's kind of what this channel is. It's so often what I am telling people and teaching people on the channel, I only learned a week before. You know, it's not like I have this, I mean, I, I have a lot of knowledge, but most of it is coming at a very rapid pace. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm just always kind of one step ahead of the viewer. It's, it's kind of like the, the expression, you know, I don't like to write. I like to have written. Uh, it's, it seems like you, mm-hmm. you, you like to have researched sometimes and <laughs> you're just excited yeah. to, to share whatever I, you've learned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the research process once it gets to a certain point, but very often the beginning of the research process, it's like, walking into a pitch black room you don't even know what's there but so you you can't focus on anything because everything is in the dark so and you'll you'll turn on lights and be able to see things but nothing is interesting there's a lot of not interesting stuff out there and so finally you click on the light and there's something interesting and then it's like oh now i can go down that rabbit hole and um that's the exciting part absolutely All right. Well, that was the YouTube channel Early Music Sources, which you can also find at earlymusicsources.com. We have time for one more follow today. I asked you for someone you followed forever, and you said Graham Stephan, who is on YouTube at G-R-A-H-A-M-S-T-E-P-H-A-N. 
this one was pretty surprising to me because he's a real estate agent and investor, which is not, uh, I, I, was, I was expecting more history, more food, more something like that. But yeah, so talk about how did you start following Graham and, and what made you stick around? So I've actually always been a personal finance, like, dork. I love, <laughs> I, <laughs> I love, like, learning about tax law and stuff like that. Wow. It's just always been an insatiable curiosity. Everything like the the history of of economics I find interesting and stuff like that. So and I actually found him while I was kind of studying I wanted to buy a house here in LA and that's, you know, a process. And that's when I found him and I think when I found him he probably had it was under 50,000 subscribers. And now I think he's at like 3.2 3 million, yeah. million, something <laughs> like that. Um, so when I found him, he was still very, very new and had just started to realize that he could talk about things other than real estate. So while he was, while I found him talking about real estate, what actually made me really interested in what he was teaching was he, in his early videos, was kind of documenting his process in creating a YouTube channel oh. and what he was learning about how to format a video, how to produce a video, meaning like all the technical aspects and stuff and doing it on the cheap because he is frugal <laughs> and wonderfully frugal. Yeah. So, you know, he has millions of subscribers. He still does all of his own editing and he does it on iMovie. Wow. I still use iMovie, you know? So it's, you, he's, he was a great teacher and he actually ended up coming out with a course on the YouTube basics. And it was basically everything he had talked about about YouTube condensed into one place. And I bought and watched that three times through in the month leading up to actually starting the YouTube channel, starting Tasting History. And so I give a huge amount of credit to what I learned from him. And he was able to take a topic that isn't necessarily interesting to most people, personal finance, and, and make it interesting. He's funny. He's, you know, he is engaging. He, he tells things, very complex ideas in a fairly, you know, digestible manner, which is kind of what I'm trying to do with Tasting History. The way that he talks about stuff is just, um, I don't exactly know where I'm going. Uh, you know, but, have you ever gotten it halfway through a thought and totally forgot what you were no, talking about? No, but you said, you said he inspires you. And so I, I was thinking that he would be inspiring you on the, the personal finance side. But no, really, he inspired your, your whole, your new career, really, on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, he does inspire me on the personal finance side, too, because, you know, gosh, on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and everywhere, there are a lot of finance gurus who are just trying to get money yep. from you and, um, you know, or just don't know what they're talking about or, you know, they want you to get rich quick, that kind of thing. He is not like that. He is boring <laughs> personal finance, you know. In the best he's, way, yeah. In the best way. He's he's realistic and, you know, put your money into a, you know, S&P 500 kind of thing. But he, you learn so much through in the basics, you learn so much that um, he's, he's been invaluable and, and he's, he's also made it so that while my channel is growing, I am able to kind of 
start taking advantage of some of the personal finance yeah. <laughs> stuff that he taught about. It all comes full circle. Yeah. 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 Wait, okay. So, so you mentioned you called yourself what a, a personal finance dork. Do, do I have the quote right there? <laughs> I, I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, so there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, crazy finance stuff this year. There's the GameStop, GameStunk thing, Dogecoin, right. yeah. NFTs. Yeah. Do, do you follow all of that stuff closely? Or are you more focused just on like the, on the, the quote unquote boring? side of things for yourself. So from an entertainment perspective, I do I do follow that stuff. This is another thing I, I listen to with the gym because it's, you know, it's kind of just noise that I can take in. I, I have trouble listening to like historical stuff at the gym because I need to concentrate on that stuff. This stuff, not so much. Um, so I can learn about that. And that's the nice thing about Graham is he covers all of that, but does not participate in any of oh, that stuff, yeah. you know? He's, um, it, like I said, he's more on the boring side in actual what he'll cover, but he talks about all of it, everything in the, in the finance kind of world. And it's interesting stuff. It's, it's a very interesting time with, you know, kind of the rise of, of Robin Hood and all of these, the democratization of, of the financial industry. Um, it's, it's a very interesting time, but it's also a very dangerous time. Because, you know, you only see the the survivor. Right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a huge amount of survivor's bias in, in it. You know, it's like, I did, I made this much money on AMC stocks. And it's like, well, yeah, but those 10,000 people lost money. So, um, it, it's, and he covers all of that very well. Uh, I, I, that's why I like him. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, as you mentioned, there are so many hustlers and grifters and all this stuff out there yeah. who are talking about personal yep. finance. So just hearing that he is more sober and responsible about this stuff. I mean, that that, that is a huge endorsement, I think, and, you know, in his favor. So, yeah, no, he's somebody that anyone could could watch and, and learn something from, I think, um, a diamond, in the <laughs> which is, I think, why he's grown so big. I mean, he's now at the top of his at least of the YouTube finance spectrum in just a few years. Yeah, because He's good about protecting his brand and not misleading people. And, you know, he's not out for a quick buck. That was Graham Stephan, who is on YouTube at Graham Stephan. And now here's a preview of Max's bonus follow, which is coming soon to the Follow Friday Patreon. He's totally in costume and he plays this wonderfully flamboyant medieval peasant who... It's hard to explain what he does, but he makes medieval history really, really funny because obviously the characters he has created are not period characters. A lot of the stuff that he talks about is perfectly historically accurate. You can tell he loves medieval history. The full minisode will be dropping early next week at patreon.com slash follow Friday, and you can get it by pledging at any amount starting at just $1 a month. Max, thank you for sharing your follows with us today. Before we go, let's make sure listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you? So the best place is YouTube, youtube.com slash tasting history or on Instagram, which is at tasting history with Max Miller. Well, follow me on Twitter at Hey, Hey, ESJ and this show on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at follow Friday pod. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do say something nice. See you next Friday.